Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast. I just want to remind you, if you enjoy our dialogue, please subscribe so we deliver to you and you get notified when there's a new episode. Noelle, what are we talking about today? We're talking about 2019 trends in wellness. Yes. And it's so important for coaches to stay on top of what's going on in the wellness world. As a side note, why did we name our podcast the Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive Podcast? It could be like the John and Noel show. It could be, you know, so many other things. We magic, did bad. Magic and science. Yeah, I think we did bad. <laughs> I think we did bad on that one, but yeah. I'm okay with it. So when when you look out into the wellness space um, as a coach, how do you uh, integrate all of the other different modalities and concepts that you see? What does it mean to you as a coach to be part of a vast field? Are you asking me? I am. Um, I think for me, uh, God, it, it, coaching isn't something that I um, kind of feel like I do. I just feel like um, it's become threaded into my life that it's become um, a part of me, you know, kind of a way of living. Yes, absolutely. And over the last seven years that I've been hanging out with you, I've seen you go through so many different progressions in terms of what your, your interests have been in the field of wellness. Mm. And then because you are you coach as a content producer, um, which I think is really important to delineate. So some people coach one hour tied to one client. The way that John coaches is to mirror his life and create content for people to consume from a coaching-based philosophy. That's really interesting because then that means there's a lot of people coaching today that, that don't even realize they're coaching because they're producing content or they're living a certain way or they are, you know, the, uh, the, the what's it called? The invention of, quote unquote, the influencer. Yes, exactly. You know? The invention of the influencer is essentially uh, life coaching personified, you know, modeling that behavior, modeling the concepts. And, and so what we that's yeah. a new thing too by the way i mean it's only um taken off in the last few years i think a hundred percent a hundred percent so when you and i first met you were really in the crossfit world yes. and almost everything that you were you were reflecting was in that space right and then you moved on to like different variations of fitness and then you moved um, into the romantic space, and then you really got kind of into mindfulness and spirituality, and now you're taking on masculinity. And I, I wanted to mirror this both for you and for our listeners, because it, it's so important to understand that as a coach, you will shift and grow based on your own life experience and what's interesting to you at yeah. any given yeah, and I think it's so important to know that because I think a lot of coaches have anxiety if they don't just pick one thing. But, you know, the thing about life is as you change as a person, um, the topics and the, the dialogue you create and the kind of coaching you want to do is going to change. And that's actually beautiful. 
It is beautiful. And one of the ways that as a coach, you can always stay fresh and keep your content fresh is to keep personally growing and exploring within your own life and exploring the science and the field of wellness that you're a part of. Yeah. I love that, man. Thank yeah. you for, um, thank you for kind of clarifying that for me because you know, when, when I don't really see it through my own eyes just because I'm you know, just day to day, whatever I do, but for someone on the outside to kind of, um, do the 30,000 foot view, uh, and just kind of, uh, play it back and then it kind of makes makes sense and I could see that clearly and also I see that as a uh, not only my life but as a trend yes it is a trend it is a trend and so what we're going to do today is talk about some of the trends that are happening that are really vital to the wellness community and to the wellness economy so that if people are listening and they want to expand their own horizons they have a jumping off point yeah so what are some so other trends First up is neuroplasticity. Mm, yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. So um, do you want me to give the definition or do you want to give the definition? Uh, I don't trust myself. <laughs> I'm, I, my definition is going to be very, uh, you know, three words. So uh, I would love to hear those three words, maybe later. Um, okay, <laughs> so neuroplasticity is the concept that your brain is never done growing. Yeah. Your brain is never done growing. We all have neural pathways. Those are the roads that our thoughts travel down. And just like anything, whether it's a hiking trail or a highway, the roads that are the most well-traveled are the most well-worn. And so our thoughts tend to travel based on a habit and pattern. Why is this important? It's important because we respond to outside stimuli. And that's how our thoughts know what roads to travel down. And sometimes those roads might get clouded by shards of memory and emotion, and they produce things called negative automatic thoughts, which in turn produce things like cognitive distortions. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Have you ever experienced tightness in your throat or just like a feeling in the pit of your stomach or like you know, the back of your neck is all tight just based on an environment. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when that happens, you're experiencing a negative automatic thought that your, 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 your brain has produced a thought that has traveled down a neural pathway where there's some sort of old stale memory that's trauma-based and you get this icky feeling, right? So that might not actually be representative or, um, or, you know, factual given your current reality, right. but you still have this feeling. And so this is how cognitive distortions are formed. This is how people get triggered when they're sitting there and they have this feeling or they have this memory and shit goes south real quick. Yeah, just go visit your high school. Exactly. Lots of, lots of exactly. <laughs> It'll come flooding back. Yeah. And so the reason that neuroplasticity is useful from a coaching perspective is unlike therapy, which goes back and processes all the shit that happened to you in high school, um, neuroplasticity and coaching forces you forward into the future of your life and to build new landscape in your brain for new pathways, for new thoughts to travel down so that you don't revisit the old, so that you bypass the memory. Memories. You bypass the cognitive distortions and you create for yourself um, a different sense of mental well-being. Yeah, and I think the greatest thing about neuroplasticity is that um, it gives you hope. 
you know yes (laughs) it means that you can create new tracks it means that you could expand it means that you could become someone different um it wasn't that long ago that people thought our brain stopped growing um in childhood at age 25 which is basically childhood let's be honest was it age 20 i thought it was younger but yeah age Age 25, yeah. Most of our neuropathways are formed between the ages of 7 and 11. Okay. And then the ones that we don't use that much disintegrate and fall away. Mm. It's really interesting. So, yeah, it's really, I think it's, uh, it's, cutting, it's like a cutting-edge topic. There's a lot of people talking about this, everyone from Joe Desponza to uh, – I mean, it's, it's become a wellness trend because it's, it's, it's proving that uh, you could actually change, you know. It's like scientific proof that you could change. Yes. And it's not only on an influencer and, you know, national discourse level, the UN listed neuroplasticity and educating people about neuroplasticity as one of the goals for global sustainable development. Yeah. So people are looking at this on a global level and saying, this is something that as, as a human society, we need to explore. And as coaches, um, we need to understand it from a scientific and and functional perspective of mm-hmm. how do you actually guide someone as a coach using Socratic questioning to move towards a new state of being with neuroplasticity. It's yeah. super cool stuff. Super cool stuff. I used um, neuroplasticity techniques for bulimia recovery. Mm, interesting. And I yeah, I did that maybe about eight or nine years ago. And it was incredibly effective. And what I can tell you from an experiential perspective is when I was bulimic, I would have this really terrible um, emotional reaction to a feeling of fullness. And even though I wasn't bulimic, I wasn't engaging in the bad behaviors. I still had the emotional feelings that came with it. Mm. And once I was able to create new neural pathways and to rewire the way that my brain responded to the feeling of fullness, here I am today, 38 years old, I do not have that experience anymore. I do not have that emotional experience with food. It is gone. Most people do live in the past because um, they haven't created new pathways, they haven't created new tracks. So their thoughts and, you know, I... I heard that most of our thoughts, the 90% of our thoughts that we're um, thinking today are the same ones we thought yesterday. And so you're basically constantly thinking and feeling the same thing. It's like you're on a merry-go-round. Sort of, sort of. I mean, there's a lot of pattern and repetition to the way that our our synapses fire, certainly, you know, Um, but your environment, what you choose to do with your time, who you surround yourself with, changes. So take, so, so what you said is true. Now take yourself and, um, surround yourself with all new people for two weeks. Your brain's going to go completely bonkers in different directions because you've changed your psychosocial environment. Sure. And so if you're listening and you're kind of feeling stuck and feeling like you're on a merry-go-round, start making changes and see what happens. Yeah. And I think a, a coach where the coach could come in is, um, helping you be accountable and also creating the plan to make those changes, you know? Yep. 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 So let's tackle another trend. And this is, this is another one that was handed down along with the UN goals for sustainable development. And it is healthy environments, both physical and social. Mm. So 
Uh, this includes relationships, right? Yep. This includes job space. Yep. And it includes home space. Home space for sure. It includes public space. It includes um, wellness-based architecture, which is a huge trend right now. And consulting, you know, creating a a physical environment that has light and plants. And and it also includes Mm. healthy food. Um, It really takes a look on what happens to a human environmentally. Yeah, you know what it reminds me of is... um a fish in a, uh, a fish tank, either clean or dirty. Yep. And the results of their scales and, you know, how they swim and, you know. Absolutely. When you take a fish and you um, put it in a brand new clean tank, it just, for about 10 minutes, it's going crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And for humans, you know, we do require sunlight and plants. Did you know that we have a 25% genetic match with trees? No, I did not know that. That's interesting. And that when you stand by a tree, you're, you do better as a human, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, from a health perspective, because not only the oxygen, but also the genetic kinship that we share. Like humans are physically built to be in nature with plants and sunlight. Yeah. And that's another thing that's happening is um, just going out into nature has become a popular thing and i think you know like even as close as the 80s we it wasn't uh, advertised to go out and play you know yep and there are whole schools of both uh the medical model with ecotherapy mm-hmm. uh that are blowing up right now as well as in the coaching space that falls under wellness tourism mm. where people are getting together going outside, going into nature and using that space to process their thoughts and feelings and emotions and using that time to travel and spend money and engage in well-being. You experienced that with your retreat. Yeah. um, I'm experiencing that uh, just these days in life, the power of environment, um, the therapeutic process when you put yourself in an environment, uh, whether it's the sun or trees, or, you know, whatever you gravitate towards. So I've gone in a couple and, you know, one was uh, just motorcycles with dudes in Yosemite, which is a complete different experience than say, um, you know, 12 people in the Joshua tree, but both produced stimulation, um, emotion, uh, calmness, uh, adventure, dopamine, all of that stuff. Oh, totally. Oh, human connection too, of course. (laughs) And human connection. And that's what I wanted to talk about next because, you know, I think it's pretty easy to understand from an environmental perspective that you'll do better if you work in a nice office with sunlight and plants and, Mm, and you have a house that's organized and clean and, you know, and you have access to public parks and being outside with safety, that's all super important and super visible. But the social piece is a little bit harder to define. So what does it mean for you to coach people, to model, uh, and to foster healthy communities from a social perspective? Um, What does it mean for me to coach people? I I think uh, there's power in leveraging – the social into coaching. So it's not just, uh, and I've always, I've always been the guy that doesn't want to just sit in an, in an office or in one room. Right. So, um, using the social element to actually incorporate in your practice. 
Mm -hmm. Yep, definitely. Yeah. And there's there's a really big piece of this that is an underlying scientific um, equation that we have to work in, and it's social contagion. So mm. social contagion is real. Social contagion is the fact that you will un unequivocally, you will take on the habits of the people that you surround yourself with the most or are sure. surrounded by the most. Yeah. And we know this in everything from smoking studies to obesity studies. When I was working in the world of eating disorders, there's a phenomenon called fat talk. And young women who surround themselves with other young women who are constantly tearing their own bodies down will not only begin to engage in that verbal behavior, but they'll develop maladaptive uh, thoughts and feelings about their own bodies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's so true. If you are surrounded by smokers, it's going to be really hard for you to quit smoking. If you are trying to get on a healthy diet and you work in an environment or you have a home environment where no one else is interested in that behavior, it's going to be like fighting an uphill battle. Um, so this, this is really comes down to chosen family, chosen community. And I, and I, and I think we've seen the output of it so much with our catalyst collective, with our collective of coaches. Yeah, absolutely. People express relief when they find a group of like-minded people that they can be themselves with. The idea of a tribe, which was, you know, uh, back in the day, the, the, the big thing when we used to um, gather around fires is all coming back. I mean, I think, uh, People are learning that communities, micro communities, retreats, um, you know, and this is why actually CrossFit blew up is because the power of community. And um, I could feel it in our own, uh, in our own tribe, in our own callous intensive. Oh, yeah, 100%. And so, you know, from a coaching perspective, I think something that's super important that isn't being talked about that we all really need to start talking about, and I'm happy to write about it and lead the charge on this is, um, People don't know how to exist in community anymore. Yeah. Do you think, that's, do you think that's partly because of the internet and hiding behind screens and not having um, to exercise uh, social cues? Yeah, 100%. I think that everything changed. I mean, think about um, the 90s when if you wanted to talk to somebody, you had to pick up the house phone right. and call them on the house phone. <laughs> yeah, or if you wanted to uh, ask you know, someone out on a date, you actually had to to muster up the courage to go up to them. <laughs> right. And now it's text. Text or swiping or, yeah, absolutely. You, you don't even Algorithms. hear someone's <laughs> real human voice, you know, because there was just a study that came out that 60% of online activity is actually not real humans. Oh, man, that's scary. So, and everybody's addicted to it. Yeah. And so, you know, like we have now, it's been going on for, you know, a couple decades, this fragmentation of society. And um, we have social media, which puts up all these mirrors of how you're supposed to look, the clothes you're supposed to wear, what your curated life is supposed to be like, and all the check boxes, which are complete bullshit. And people don't know how to have conversations with each other. They don't know how to make friends. They don't know how to form relationships and they don't know how to start. You know what's really dangerous about uh, what's happening now as far as that is uh, back in the day when when you know uh, there's always been advertisement commercials but when you're watching commercials you know it's a commercial so yes you're kind of you know getting a, a fantasy life or whatever you should buy but you also know it's an ad these days with 
um, because people have kind of become the new commercial. You're watching other people live their lives. You're watching, and the thing is that there's not a lot of it's false advertising. There's a lot of filters. There's a lot of uh, you know um, people putting uh, portraying themselves themselves in a way that may not be accurate, and so we get caught up comparing ourselves with other people um, because we forget that it's actually it's actually a form of advertising, and we don't realize that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it and it can be so scary mm -hmm. to go into new places in person and actually make connections. Yeah, actually. But I think that the tide has the potential to turn the other way. I mean, I know and you've expressed so many people are getting off of Facebook. Yeah, people hate the hate, hate the Facebook now. <laughs> They do. Yeah. And it's because, I mean, it's become just so woven into our lives as a phone, you know, a kind of like a new phone book, but, um, people are, are seeking new ways of being and new authentic connections. And as coaches, that's one of the things that we can do to actually serve society is to bring people together in meaningful ways around areas of mutual interest and provide an opening for people to come in in a safe environment to meet new people to make those connections and to have it almost be facilitated because we're so out of practice as a society yeah you know i think if you uh can use the internet as a tool to spread message to create reach to you know wave your flag as uh, you know that kind of stuff marketing etc but then in your personal life actually make an effort to engage with real people real communities then there's a balance to it right then it's it's uh it can be rewarding and it's, it doesn't have to be dangerous absolutely and and when we're talking about engaging in real communities they're out there like just our coaching collective alone we have almost 500 people all across the country everybody loves each other we all hang out and and it's not um organic in the sense that these people just met each other. You know, we came together around a common interest right. and the organization itself has facilitated these connections. And so you guys can join movements, get involved politically, get involved um, philosophically, spiritually, find out what you like and what you care about in the world and find other people who do too. I guarantee it'll make your life better. Yes, uh, our Callus Intensive isn't just hanging on profile pictures. We actually hang our intensive on a real live experience. Um, so both online and offline. So that's what makes it real. Absolutely, and and we like hanging out. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. What was um, looking back at 2018? What was your favorite hang with the Catalysts? Um, I'm going to say. Wanderlust, uh, the little cabin, and you know, it was about 10 of us, um, and it really felt like camp. In Vermont, when we were in Vermont? Yes, uh, stories and um, just kind of like, you know, shooting the shit and being ourselves and the, the wine and hot chocolate, and then also coming from a days of uh, of work, which was actually fun, engaging and colliding with other humans. So I, I really enjoyed that experience, and and also it was fairly new. Oh yeah, I think my favorite was when we were in Palm Springs and we all got up to watch the sunrise. Oh yeah, well that know, was... that's another example of you know nature experience, um, you know the outside factors combined with human exchange. And that sky was just so like hot pink and gorgeous. And, 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 and to be there 
with people that we genuinely love and care about and have nurtured, you know, personally and professionally in their careers and as as leaders for you and I to get to humanize ourselves in those moments um, and to kind of come off the pedestal and to just be part of the crew is like, that's what it's all about for me. Yeah. And I, I, and I'm excited to continue that and create those spaces. Uh, so catalysts can experience them too. Mm hmm. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, any parting uh, thoughts or pearls of wisdom on how people can embody this stuff? Um, if someone listens to this and it just encourages them to connect with other people, to uh, go out and play, enjoy nature and know that their brain uh, is putty, meaning that it could change and you can rewire and lay new tracks, um, that that's all that would make me happy if if you know if this is just a reminder of all of that um then it's going to give them some kind of hope and uh to keep leading forward and to live differently absolutely you can change your brain you can change your life go play outside and make new friends yes and you can do it with us <laughs> yes <laughs> all right guys be well take care